It's now time for Nathan Spray Podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Spray Podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague Podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in three, two, one. <laughs> Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. In three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. In three, two, one. <laughs> Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. In three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in 3, 2, 1. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in 3, 2, 1. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B Rolling Over in 3, 2, 1. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. In three, two, one, let's get rolling. What's up, everybody? It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. Three, two, one, let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan Sprague's podcast on B-Rolling Over. In three, two, one. Let's get rolling. It's now time for Nathan's Prank Podcast on Be Rolling Over. Uh, three, two, five, seven, eight, B, C, X. Let's, let's just get to rolling here. Why so serious? Let's put a smile on that face. And it's time for some Be Rolling Over. What's up, everyone? This is Nathan for Be Rolling Over, and I just want to say welcome, everyone, to the podcast. Now, I am excited to introduce Tyler Jackson Price. He is one of my LinkedIn connections. He does stand-up comedy for, I believe it was called The Human Project. He is a voice actor. He has been on the radio for ESPN, Disney, and does amazing impressions. Tyler Jackson Price, thank you for coming up to the show. I really do appreciate it. What's up, man? 
Tyler Jackson Price, everybody, voice actor, part of Human Project for stand-up comedy, have done voices on Disney and ESPN. Welcome to Be Rolling Over. Thank you, man. Thank I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I thank you for your time, man. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Uh, thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule. And first off, I just want to say congrats on your new job as well. I hope you're you're enjoying that as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. It's it's every day is a new adventure. Every day is uh, you know a, a new chance to create something, and um, I'm definitely enjoying the ride, man. I'm I'm enjoying the new experience. All right, and oh my goodness, uh, I I think I'm getting a, a weird. This is bizarre. Uh, I'm getting, for some strange reason, apparently, former President Barack Obama and Donald Trump? What do they have to do with anything? Hold on, let me get to the bottom of this. Uh, uh, Nathan, Nathan, is, is this thing on? Yes, it is. Uh, welcome, Barack Obama. I I had no idea. I, uh, first off, uh, it, it's an honor to, to talk to a, a former president, uh, at least. <laughs> uh, yes, you know, I just want to say, I may be former, uh, but many people wish that I was still the president, because this cuckoo not barred. I just, I just want to say, I just want to say this, with people thinking about this whole entire war, to be honest, I don't know how the media misinterpreted, but what I meant by the wall from Mexico, I have a buddy, a good buddy of mine, from Mexico, and I was wondering about who should I put around my NBA fantasy draft. And he told me John Wall, so I went with that. John Wall, the power forward of the Washington Wizards. That, I don't know how they misinterpreted that, but that was all fake news. I am not going to build a wall in Mexico. Uh, well, first of all, uh, uh, Trump, uh, I just want to say that uh, you drafting uh, John Wall, that was your first mistake. Uh, number two, uh, your second mistake uh, was touching all those women. And number three, uh, your third mistake uh, was being born. Uh, so I think you need to reevaluate your life and uh, really look at some things. This is fake news. Just all fake news. Barack Obama did not just say that. He just said he... He's a wonderful pal of mine, a wonderful amigo of mine, and... <laughs> uh, uh, look, Trump, uh, I know you say we're friends, uh, but just because uh, I follow you on Facebook and Twitter uh, doesn't mean we're really pals. Anyways, the real reason why, with the fact of $5 billion from Mexico, is in order to make another Trump tax. I mean, a jump power, a great source of electricity that Mexico and the U.S. can join in together on. Uh, well, you know, Donald, I think uh, I want you to save some of that $500 million and uh, fix that hairdo. It uh, looks like roadkill on top of your head that you just comb over. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but I know you wish you could have waves like me, huh? <laughs> I'm not sure my, my wife, Ivan... Ivanka Stormy. Oh, right, it's, it's Melania, isn't it? 
week is it? Uh, it's Thursday. Whatever girl's on your Thursday list. Melania. All right, Melania it is. But anyways, it's a pleasure that you get to get to talk to me, uh, Nathan. And the fact is... That everyone uses a Trump card, but I don't need one because I am Trump myself. All right, and I'll make sure I use my black card wherever I go. Uh, Nathan, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for allowing me to be on your show. Uh, Donald, I wish you great luck, and I think you thoroughly need it. Uh, but I got to get back to Michelle. She's making my favorite uh, macaroni and meatballs. Uh, so, uh, Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, America, move forward. Make sure you vote. Thank you. Thank you for that, Barack Obama. And thank you, Nathan, for having me on your show. And remember, always grab him around the... Okay, Donald Trump. I was going to say grab him around the waist. I wasn't going to say grab him around the... But if I were to say that, I would say grab around the... Meow! Okay, Donald Trump. Thank you for uh, coming on by. Thank you. Thank you, Barack Obama, for coming on by. Wow, that was that was crazy. That is just insane. I'm sorry about that, Tyler. I mean, man, hey, that was cool. I, I I never thought that you would have like Barack and Donald on your podcast, man. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I this was not planned. In all honesty, it just came out of nowhere, and they wanted to have a conversation. Um. You would think Donald Trump would have a, you know, more productive time of trying to figure out something, uh, you know, economy, um, try to find a way to make housing more affordable for people that work. That way they don't, they don't have to work more than two jobs in order to pay, especially for family. Yeah, or, or make uh, people not hate him. But, you know, it, it's his prerogative. All right. Enough of the politics. Let's, let's let the people know of who you are, Tyler. Well, uh, again, my name is Tyler Jackson Price, originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, currently living in Orlando, Florida. Um, I've been here in Florida for about 12 years, started out in stand-up comedy, I would say almost 10, 10 years ago. Um, did that for about six years, touring all over Florida. Um, I hosted for Bonkers Comedy Club, uh, performed at the Orlando Improv. I was also on America's Got Talent for two seasons. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, did that. So as the comedy was progressing, a lot of people said, hey, you know, you have a really good voice. You know, you, you can do voices very well. Why don't you try voice acting? So a guy I used to perform with named Mike, he owned a radio or he didn't own it, but he worked at a radio station here in Florida. And he said, well, you know what? If you're interested in doing voiceovers, why don't you come down to the studio? I'm going to cut a demo for you. And, you know, we'll just kind of see. We'll just kind of see if you like it. I'll, I'll teach you some things, and I'll, I'll show you some of the equipment, and we'll just take it from there. So I went down there, cut a demo. They, they showed me the ins and outs, a little bit of what voiceover it takes and, and what they do. And after that, I fell in love with it. So I basically took my demo, just shared it you know, on Facebook, and, and shared it to a couple companies. And again, I was starting out, so it was like a fresh, you know, not really professional, professional demo, but it was it was at least something to start out with. And when I got some positive feedback from it, and 
I got some some little projects here and there that I was doing for free. Um, I actually got my first start with a company called Learning Ally, where we record audiobooks for children with reading and uh, learning disabilities. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was. It was Michael Kinsey. He was my main contact for Learning Ally. He gave me the opportunity to really use my voice to help others. And um, also through my church, um, a lot of my church members, uh, they helped me to get into voiceover. Um, I had a gentleman there named Donald. Um, he, he's a professional voice actor, and he took me under his wing. He gave me a, a free equipment. He gave me contacts. He really showed me and, and taught me, you know, how to start doing it. And um, really after that, man, I just started learning on my own, took things on my own, and gradually started working with bigger clients and, and bigger companies. And now, you know, thank God I'm, I'm doing it part-time. So, um, you know, the goal is definitely to do a full-time, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Um, I work for, for Disney ESPN, Thermo Fisher, Cisco, Amazon Prime. Um, I've also performed on uh, Amazon Prime. I have a comedy special on there that I was part of. So the past the past couple years have been really great since I started voiceover, and I'm really excited for the future. That's great. That's great to hear. Now let me see here. So... So let's talk about the Lakers, shall we? I mean, first, I think LeBron James just wanted to find a way to, like, prove the little bit of doubters left that, you know, because he kept on playing in the Eastern Conference with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Miami Heat and then went back to the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, staying there, and he kept on going straight to the NBA Finals. And... For the little doubters that remains, like, you know what, I'm going to prove the doubters wrong. That I am, you know, one of the greatest of all time by playing the Western Conference, which is stacked. And I think that might be the whole reason why pretty much LeBron James went. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, see, LeBron, I'm a huge LeBron fan. And, and you know, I, I will say it. Wherever LeBron goes, I'm going to root for that team because, again, I'm just a LeBron fan. I love what he does for the game. I love him, you know, as, as a person, what he does for the community and just what he has done for basketball. It, it's amazing, okay? Even though, I, you know, he he's only won three NBA – he's only won three rings, but he's gone to the finals, I believe, like eight, seven, eight times, which is crazy, something like that. But – it's still an amazing feat. And when you go into the playoffs almost, you know, 10 or something years in a row, and not only that, but going to the finals, you know, even though you haven't won every year, it still takes 82 games to make it through your conference. It still takes you three rounds to get to the finals in your conference. It still takes you all those minutes, all those quarters, all those – game decisions, all those game situations to get to the victory. So when when people look at the losses, they're not really looking at the whole body of work. And also, two people forget that any team LeBron goes to, they thrive. Now, the Lakers are different, and I think they're only different because it, it's like this. If you are, okay, if you're babysitting, 
okay, if you're babysitting, and say you're 18 years old, and you're babysitting a four-year-old, right? you can't expect to go to this person's house with this four-year-old, and they're going to conform to all of your rules instantly. They're going to they're gonna warm up to you instantly. They're going to do everything you say instantly. You can't expect that. You have to warm them up. You, they have to get used to you. They have to get used to your system. And if they don't have any structure before that, it's going to be hard for them to have structure when you're there. So I think with LeBron going to L.A., um, you know, with him and Magic, you know, great NBA players, greatest of all time, I think he wanted to work with someone and be part of an organization as as storied and, and successful as the Lakers, which I can't hate him on that. But when you go to a group of young guys who are not really used to winning and that don't have that drive and haven't had those experiences yet, and here you come trying to get them riled up, I think it's hard. I think LeBron kind of bit off too much. But, again, this is his first year. The Lakers know what to expect now. Um, the, the front office knows what pieces they need. They see what they're missing. So, yeah, this year was an experimental year, and this year kind of wasn't what Lakers fans and what LeBron fans and what NBA fans expected. But I'm not panicking because it's LeBron James. And even though he's getting older, he is still LeBron James. He still brings an element to the game that is great, that you can win, that you have a leader, that you have a guy who has a fire. And I think eventually the young guys will see that. And uh, we'll see what the offseason brings. And, you know, it's all about training. Now that the season's coming to an end, it's, it's on the Lakers now to prove that next year, they can be even better, that they can add pieces, and it's all about the work you put in in the offseason. Absolutely. Uh, I I think it's just because they're with a he's with a young team and everyone's always saying is already saying, Oh, this is already a failure, you know, maybe we should move on to someone else and it's like, no, the chemistry doesn't get built up within a year. It takes years, not a year. You know, exactly. to get it down. I, I think I, I could definitely see the Lakers making the playoffs maybe two years from now. I mean, if they can get especially some, it's just a free agency. It's just Lakers fans were going, oh, we're going to get Paul George, you know, because he was, you know, L.A. born, you know, and, and didn't end up getting him. And we're like, oh, man, we're going to get Anthony Davis. No, no, we, we didn't get him, but. <laughs> but maybe it's just maybe stick with what you have, have LeBron James, and and see and go from there. You know, maybe use yeah. a couple of key players. Don't put all your players on a train block. That 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 was a huge mistake. Like, well, we're gonna trade one of you, pretty much. I understand the NBA is a business, but it's it's just you just don't want to give the idea of like anyone, and I mean anyone, any moment. Is going to be traded away, right? Right, exactly. And and you know when when they put you know uh, Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, uh, Rondo on the trading block, my first thing was okay. You have all of your, as Magic said, our future players, and you're going to give them away for one player. Anthony Davis, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, absolutely. He is injury prone. Yeah, and. What's LeBron going to do with just Anthony Davis? You can't win like that. And LeBron went to the Lakers to add 
pieces. That's plural with an S, not a piece. So when they were saying that they want all this, you know, all these young players in exchange, to me it didn't make sense. I was thinking, okay, if they make this trade, yes, LeBron and AD, that's great, but that's not enough to get through Houston. Uh, um, you know, Houston or, or or Golden State, Houston, Oklahoma, Golden State, Oklahoma you know, City, starting to get something going too. Exactly. Oh, and the Denver Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, man. You, you know, no, um, uh, you know the Joker. No, uh, uh, what's his um, Jokic? Yeah, I think it's like a joke. I almost called him Goku one time, but I mean, I know it's not Goku, but it's like Jokic. Yeah, Joker is the team you can't sleep on. But, you know, again, the the West is stacked. LeBron knows that. But I think at the end of the day, it it falls on, you know, the front office. It falls on them. They need to make things happen. They need to add players. And, you know, you, you don't need blockbuster trades. You don't need, you know, the star, you know, the five star all-star, you know, Hall of Famer on your squad. So then, I believe if you have role players that know their role, that know what to do each night, and that are experienced, I think you can really you can really create a championship team. The Golden State Warriors are a perfect example. You know, they have, you know, Steph's the shooter, Clay can play D and shoot, KD is, of course, everything, but you have the bench where, you know, Livingston, um, even Draymond, who starts, he knows his role. Livingston knows his role. Uh, Cook knows his role. Iguodala knows his role. They all are role players who know exactly what to do. So I think if LeBron can bring pieces that, okay, uh, Nathan, you rebound tonight. I want 15 rebounds from you. Tyler, I want you to lock down Steph Curry. I don't care. I want you to be in his jersey. Uh, Tommy, I want you to just box out. I want you to just pass pass the ball. Just you know, I want 15 assists from you. If you just grab guys like that who just know what to do, I think that's what LeBron needs. You know, you don't need the the, the big blockbuster. Just get some guys who, who just know what to do. Absolutely, I I definitely agree, and it, sometimes you just need to have a great GM, you know, you just need someone that can find a way, you know, scouting, it takes the whole entire team, it's just, it's just not the team that's playing on the court, and people forget about the bench sometimes, but when it comes to the playoffs, remember back in the past, especially with the San Antonio Spurs, that found a way, especially with the new Ginobili, and... I'm just, I, I'm just blanking. Just okay, Manu Ginobili. I mean, if you have a great bet, if you have a deep bench, then you will have no problem in the NBA playoffs, and you'll definitely find a way to make the NBA finals. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, you nailed it perfectly. You know, it's it's the GMs. You know, they need to be smart about this. They need to not be afraid, um, but be smart about it at the same time. And uh, yeah, your bench. Your bench really needs to be strong. Uh, the West is too stacked to just have a starting five go out there for 48 minutes. You need a bench who can come in there and, and really just continue that that pressure and uh, you know push the tempo uh, when the starting five go out. Absolutely. And let's segue to uh, you said you from Philadelphia. So how do you feel about your Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> Man, look, I. I Okay, to be honest, I bleed green. That's my favorite team out of any sport. Like, I'm a huge, I have like 18 Eagles shirts, like four <laughs> Eagles hats. 
I like wear my <laughs> Eagle stuff every day. So I represent everywhere I go. But I'm feeling good about my Eagles. You know, after our Super Bowl win uh, two years ago against the uh, cheating Patriots, um, and, and real quick, I just want to say that Tom Brady cannot beat the NFC East. I just want to say that. He can't beat the Giants or the Eagles. I'm just saying. Uh, um, but anyway, even though you beat us, like, 2005 whatever that was that was old but Nick Foles he's the savior I miss him anyway sorry uh I'm feeling good about my Eagles my Eagles I feel like you know Carson Wentz it's going to be interesting to see how we how we do towards the end of the season I think we'll have a strong season I think we have um, our players are getting back they're getting healthy um, I'm really excited about you know Sandejo that we got uh from the Vikings um you know, uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, we got Darby back. Um, uh, you know, we got uh, Brandon Graham back. Uh, but Carson, I'm really looking forward to seeing him healthy. I just hope his back can withstand the full season because with Foles in the mix, at least we had someone who could finish games, who won a Super Bowl, who was a proven winner, a proven champion. And I've always told people that, Okay, it's great, yes. I want us to have a successful season, but if we make it to the playoffs, I want a quarterback who can win those games. I, I wouldn't mind going 8-8, eight and eight, you know, getting the last seed in the playoffs. That I wouldn't care about. But I want a quarterback who I know is healthy, that I have full confidence in when it comes down to those win, you know, win-or-go-home games. Nick Foles... He was, he was proven. He, he led us to the promised land. He gave us our first Super Bowl. We trusted him. He, he showed that he was a leader that he could win. Now that he's gone, I think the pressure is on Carson Wentz. But I feel like with the team that we have and with the things we've been through with last season uh, being, uh, being an up-and-down season, I really think that, that we're going to come together, and I, I really truly believe that we're going to have a strong season. Um I am predicting that we will win the Super Bowl. We'll go undefeated. Uh, you know, we're going to win the next 18 Super Bowls in a row. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really excited. You know, my Eagles, after our Super Bowl win, I still get goosebumps and chills watching highlights from it. And uh, I joke with people. I say the three greatest moments in my life were uh, getting married to my, to my beautiful wife, Sammy, Having my two beautiful kids, Callie and Alexia, and then the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That's, <laughs> that's like the three things in my life. That's what's going to be on my tombstone when I die. So, <laughs> um, but Nathan, I'm also excited, and I want to hear your opinion on the new look Cleveland Browns. I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm excited for their fans that they finally have something to look forward to. So, what do you think? the expectations are versus the realities of what the Browns can do this season. The expectations uh, everybody's expecting already, you could tell with the projection of people thinking that the Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North because the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking like, uh, you know, have to rebuild a bit, especially after getting rid of Antonio Brown, but and also Le- Le'Veon Bell as well. But they're rebuilding and making sure that they have more of a positive a positive locker environment, which is really important to them right now as we speak. <laughs> but I, and the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, with Lamar Jackson, oh my gosh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, but here's the thing I'm worried that he'll hit the sophomore slump. You know, the same thing, you know, everybody. 
talked about when Dak Prescott had a great season with the first season with the Dallas Cowboys, and then the following season, you know, he had his sophomore slump. And the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm just going to put them at the bottom. I, I, I just don't see the Cincinnati Bengals. I... I mean, I wish Andy Dalton well, but I, I just don't see Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North anytime soon. Uh, they're in the right direction, but I just don't see them winning the AFC North. Everybody expecting the Cleveland Browns to not just win the AFC North. I everybody, I, I'm hearing everybody going, Super Bowl for Cleveland, and I'm like, hold on. I, I've seen this before. I, I've seen, especially with the Philadelphia Eagles, remember, because Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, you had Brian Westbrook, and yeah, and especially a great defense around that time. Everyone's saying Eagles are going not just to the Super Bowl, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They did go to the Super Bowl, but they did not end up winning the Super Bowl. Or we we missed the playoffs when we had the quote unquote dream team. I hated that. Oh uh, yeah, that was the worst. I'm sorry to bring games. those painful memories back. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to use it as an example of, <laughs> of the fact of how people get hyped up. It's almost like a movie. Everybody gets hyped up for a movie. And if it's anything less than what they expected, it's disappointment. Everybody hates it. They, they, they. So, with that being said, I think the Cleveland Browns, I think they will make the playoffs, but as a wild card. I do not see them winning the AFC North. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I feel like maybe the Baltimore Ravens will sneak in and... And it will be coming down to either Baltimore or Cleveland. Baltimore wins the tiebreaker. Cleveland Browns will make the playoffs, but they will be a wild card. That's what I think is going to happen this coming up in the NFL season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think, like you said, I think they'll make it. But, um, you know, yeah, as, as a wild card. And, and again, as we've learned just throughout every single sport, you know, names on paper, yeah, they look good. You know, okay, this this is the dream team. This is awesome. But we've learned from Carmelo and Gary Payton, Shaq and Kobe. We've learned from the oh, gosh. Year, for example. You know, we've learned from a lot of teams that, yeah, they look good on paper, but anybody can be beaten. And, you know, I think Beckham, with with his mentality. Jarvis Landry. And Baker I mean, Mayfield. It's going to take time. But I, I wish them luck. I really do. I, I wish them success. I, I enjoyed watching uh, Baker Mayfield last night. He's a fun guy to watch. And I think it's about time that they they, they made a move like this. And it shows you, too, when, when NFL players are looking at a franchise like the Cleveland Browns, who are just dismal and just, I mean, a sorry franchise. When you have stars that are saying, yeah, I want to go to I want to go to Cleveland. Oh, oh yeah, you got traded to Cleveland. Oh, okay, cool, thanks, man. Like when you have players that are okay to go to this franchise, <laughs> that just shows you that the culture is changing in a positive way. And again, I, I hope it changes and continues to change uh, to a winning, uh, you know, mentality. Hopefully, it'll become from the sadness factory to the happiness conveyor belt. I agree. You know, these crazy <laughs> fans are already getting tattoos that say, what, Super Bowl? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Don't do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're already doing it. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they they might need to change that from Super Bowl Fifty Four to maybe Super Bowl Fifty Six. I I see the Browns winning Super Bowl Fifty Six. Not not Fifty Four, not Fifty Five, but Fifty Six. That's what I think. Yeah, they they need to wait till Tom Brady retires because I think as long as he's in the league, I think uh, everybody's in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and especially Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I mean, he needs a he needs a great defensive coordinator, and he needs a great defense. They lost both Houston and Eric Berry, so that will make a difference with the defense. Yeah, but they do. They did add Tyron Matthew. That's true. I, That's true. I do like him, but again, you know, last year when when you have when you were up and and you have like two minutes left, I mean, your defense just has to stop. The, you know, you just have to buckle down and stop those drives. I mean, Tom Brady last year in that AFC Championship game, he just made it look so easy. And even with these new additions, I think they just need to they need to look at that film and go, wow, you know, uh, uh, Edelman just, just basically just had his way. You know, White just had his way. Uh, Chris Hogan had his way. It was, it was just... It was embarrassing the way that defense played the last two minutes. So they have a lot of good pieces, but, man, they have a lot of stuff to work on if they want to make it past the Patriots. Absolutely. So you're a voice actor. So what? What? give me what was the moment that you knew? What, was there a movie or TV show or animation or some actor that you knew at that moment that you wanted to do voice acting? The moment I knew I wanted to do voice acting, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this. The moment I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, okay, you know, with with comedy and voice acting, it was um, it was my second time performing because I used to perform with um, two of my two of my uh, friends that um, I used to, to live with, and um, we used to have a comedy troupe. So we were called the Three Cabo Negroes. We would perform, uh, you know, at bars, and we'd have, like, variety-type sketches, and we'd all do stand-up together. So it was my first show solo where I didn't know anybody. I, I picked up a gig um, in Orlando, and I, I walk in there, and this was probably, yeah, I'd say this was almost 10, 9 years ago. Um, I walked into this bar, and there was probably about, 40 to, to 60 people in the audience. And I go up to the bar and I say, hi, my name is Tyler Jackson Price. I'm here to perform. And uh, I'm waiting, you know, at the bar and, and there's a black guy next to me. And the black guy looks at me and he goes, are you performing tonight? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, are you? He was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm getting out of here, man. And I said, why? Like, I looked at him, I was all confused and I was like, you know, wow, you're supposed to perform. Like, why are you leaving? He's like, you need to, you need to leave too, man. I'm telling you, you need to go. And I was, I was again, I was like, why are you saying I need to go? So he just took out and left. And I was like, okay, so this is, this is kind of weird. So I waited about 15 minutes. They called my name up on stage, and right as I'm getting into my set, I hear this, "Get off the stage, you n-word." Oh. And I was like. I was like, oh, uh, okay. Like, in my mind, I kind of, my body shut down for a second, and I was like, did, Tyler, did you just hear someone call you the N-word? I was just shocked. So I kind of, you know, just go right by it, and uh, I'm, I'm continuing my set, and I hear, 
Get off the stage, you N-word. Go George Bush. Go back to your country. And I'm like, wow, this audience is really shouting the N-word, like, at me. And I look in the back, and, and my ex... Uh, a girlfriend at the time, um, she's looking at me with her hand just over her mouth. She just could not believe it. She had like tears in her eyes, um, and she was white, so she was like, "Oh my God, this is this is happening." She couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And as they're shouting this throughout my entire set, I zone out and I just finish. I complete everything. I do all my jokes, all my punchlines. I'm acting everything out. I'm just I'm just finishing strong. So by when my set was ending, I just said, all right, thank you, everybody. That's my time. You know, appreciate it. Put the mic on stage. And I walked out. As I'm walking to the car, the, the, the manager comes running out to me. And, she, and she's like, Tyler, oh, hey, um, I have this gay club um, that I'm uh, hosting also. Do you think you can perform there? And I was like, go screw yourself. Like, I said some <laughs> words that I regret now. But... I felt like, wow, like, you're the manager. You heard these racial, foul things being spewed at me in in public, like in front of people, and you didn't stop them, but yet you're going to ask me to do another show that involves you? No, I'm not doing it. So, you know, when that moment happened, you know, I've never been called the N-word, to my face at least, (laughs) but that was the first time where I really had you know, racial things happen to me like that. And for strangers to do that, for for people to yell that, you know, as someone's performing, I couldn't believe it. But it really showed me that because I finished and because I didn't let them win, I won. I did not let them deter me from performing, from doing what I love, from finishing, from doing everything I practiced and wanted to do. I knew that this was something I could do. I knew that no matter what, whether it was, you know, you have a bad day on stage, whether you forget a joke, whether you get booed, whether no one laughs, whether in voiceover people hate your demo, whether you do a great job or a bad job or you get an audition or you don't, or people don't email you back or people don't call you, whether you get money or not, I knew that no matter what obstacles in front of me, I could bust through that wall and get to where I wanted to be. So that moment in my life not only showed me what I can do, but it showed me what I could do and what I could become. And I think about that story and I think about that experience every day. I tell people that story that ask me how I got into voiceover, how I got into comedy, what I love about it, you know, how I stay, you know, positive through my, my career, and um, I think, you know, I don't wish experiences like that on people, but I truly feel that in order for you to see what you really want, I feel like you have to go through an extreme hardship to see how bad you really want it, and to see how serious you are, and if you can make it. Some people have soft skin, uh, some people uh, will give up if someone says, hey, you can't sing. Okay, I guess I'll give up singing. Um you know, hey, you suck at guitar. Oh, I guess I'll quit playing guitar. Or you suck at drawing. Oh, I guess I'll give up. But if you if you just remember what your passion is and where you want to be and what you want to to bring to the world, nothing can stop you. Not even the N word. So 
yeah, man, that that really was a defining moment in my life where I knew I could I could just I could conquer anything. That that is a very that I could tell a very empowering story, and I'm sorry someone said the N word to you. Uh. <laughs> hey, you know, don't don't be sorry. I I'm sorry for them who are stupid. Number one and number two. Who missed out on a great performance because they weren't paying attention? That that that's on them. But <laughs> but you know it's it's okay, man. Like I said, it makes you stronger, and it didn't you know it didn't make me think you know oh every time I perform in front of you know white people because the audience was all white like this is going to happen. You know I've never been the type where just because one person does something to another it means all all of them no matter what group or what you know what they're a part of is like that. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just that crowd. They wanted to do it and they did, but, uh, they didn't break me. So like I said, man, at the end, in the end, I definitely came out on top. I came victorious. You know, they, they're the, they're the losers. So, so, so when you're at parties, is there a voice that you go to, like, to entertain people for parties? Uh, yes. Um, you know, of course, uh, you know, Obama is definitely, um, you know, when I, when he was the president, uh, when I started doing that, that's still the most popular because, you know, people, uh, they just love hearing, you know, Barack Obama. Um, you know, I guess Trump's voice sounds like nails on the chalkboard to people. <laughs> but uh, Obama is definitely my favorite to do, just because I've, I've done him for so long, and I mean, I've done like McDonald's drive-throughs. I've called customer service in his voice. Very entertaining stuff. Um, but also, I love to do. Um, I do a lot of like character voices. Like my kids watch a lot of kids shows on Disney Channel, so I do a lot of like. Doc McStuffins voices and you know things that probably you or people who don't have kids wouldn't know but um you know I, I love uh Marvel I, I do like a uh, a Rocket Raccoon voice um you know Patrick Warburton he's one of my favorites also the Joker is one of my favorites um you know Elmo Quagmire you know I just just quite a few you know quite a few I, I like to go to um so, so let's see. For example, um, you know, one of them, <laughs> one of them I like to do when I'm when I'm at like McDonald's, I like to do like Patrick Warburton. So, you know, they'll be like, "Hi, uh, you know, my name's my name's Teresa. Can I take your order?" And I'll just be like, "Hey, uh, Teresa, uh, let me let me tell you something here, Teresa. Uh, can I please get a Big Mac? Uh, hold the hold the special sauce." And I'll make sure my fries are extra hot for me. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, uh, okay, I appreciate it. I'll make sure, uh, can I get a little, little bit of ice cubes in my soda? Because I like it kind of warm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Patrick, Patrick's, uh, Patrick Warburton, he's one of my favorite voice actors, just with his, his career and, and everything, um. You know, Joker is another another one. Um, I, I like to do the animated Joker one. It freaks my kids out. <laughs> I do it too. My kids are great at, great at voice acting. Also, um, really, 
So they might go into the family biz after all, huh? <laughs> they, they can do, uh, so like I'll be reading like a bedtime story and I'll be like, one time that the little army that went downtown, <laughs> the joker went down, and little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffy eating a curds in the way. And they'll be like, what are you doing, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my my kids they're they're pretty good at it. Um, you know, I, I like to I like to use my my quagmire voice uh, whenever like I I talk to customer service because it's amazing. It's amazing when you change your voice when you talk to customer service. They will change their attitude, and most of the time, they will do whatever you say. Like, okay, one time uh, I was I was calling a theme park for dining reservations, and I was wanting wanting to book. You know, uh, re- a reservation at this extremely popular, extremely busy restaurant. They were always sold out. So I called in my regular voice. I said, hey, you know, my family is, you know, down here from Pennsylvania. I love the book uh, Party of Six. So the woman's like, okay, uh, Party of Six. I'm sorry, sir. We're all booked up. And I said, okay, anything for the next week? No, I'm sorry, sir. We're booked up for the next week. Uh, my apologies. And I said, okay, thanks. You know, that's it. So I called back. And I was like, I changed my voice up. I, I was thinking, let me see what she says. Let me see if if this really can change something. So I called back, and I was like, hi, uh, my name's uh, uh, Craig Roberson, and uh, my family's here from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, my family, my daughter just got married, just had a baby. Uh, baby's so cute. And, uh, you know, we're down here. We haven't really seen the family in years. And I would love to book a reservation, just spend time with my family, uh, and eat at your delicious restaurant. Uh, do you think that's possible? And she goes, oh, yes, that's amazing. Your daughter had a baby. Oh, that's great seeing your family let me see what we can do Nathan let me tell you she got me into that restaurant no lie she got me into that restaurant and I said and after we booked it I called my wife called my mom they could not believe it but honestly it's amazing sometimes it, the, the way your voice sounds it can it can matter unfortunately would you like me to edit that story out <laughs> <laughs> No, no, keep it. It's, 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 part, of, it's part of my journey, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure, Tyler. That's all. I don't, I don't want you to get any, any trouble, all right? I don't want no. to. I don't want you, you know, to go all crazy, you know, because because that would be bad if you went all crazy. And I would really like to put a smile on that face. Well, you know what? At, at least, uh, at least, you know, if you put a smile on my face, just don't make me look like Taserface from uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Please don't make me look like Taserface. Taserface. Who wakes up in the morning and says, "Hey, my my name's Taserface." That's so stupid. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I just enjoy I just enjoy doing you know just 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 voices and. Uh, you know, even even Mufasa Simba, all this land will be yours in the circle of life. I just enjoy it. I just really enjoy um, you know, doing voices, just being crazy, being stupid, and it's 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 gotten me paid. So I think I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a couple more questions, and I'll leave you off. Okay, so any animation, okay, let's say any animation company came up to you and said, hey. We want you in this role. What 
type of role would you want in any from an, any animation company, and why? Let's see. Well, uh, my thing is uh, with an animation company, and this is just me. I, I have nothing against companies or 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 things that that curse, you know, that use foul language. I have nothing against them, you know. But me personally, just in my evolution of a career, I do not do or I do not perform or lend my voice to roles where I curse or there's like, you know, extreme sexual graphic nature. Um, and that's just my preference. You know, again, I have nothing against roles that do that. That's just something I don't do. Um, and, you know, one time someone said, well, you'll never get work if you don't do stuff like that. And I said, I bet you I can. And I have, you know, it's been four years where I've been very successful you know, in the in the animations that I've chosen and, and been picked for. So that's just me. But, you know, if an animation company, um, I, I definitely look for just something that I can have fun with. Um, you know, a lot of voice actors will take anything and everything. They'll just, you know, hey, I got this 16,000-page uh, uh, script I'm going to give you. You can voice one character, and I'm paying you $1. And it's like... Okay, and sometimes companies will take advantage of you, but what I tend to look for is the content, uh, if, if the characters, if I'm going to enjoy performing as that character, and if that company is, is going to use me, um, you know, long-term, short-term, if they're going to, um, you know, give me a chance. But, you know, there's a lot of factors I look at. Um, I look at if, if I get along with the people, if the people are great at communicating, if their instructions are clear, um, or if I just get a good vibe from them. Um, you know, I've, I can say that 99% of the, the companies that I've worked for, that I've provided voices for any type of animation, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I've, I've created friendships and, and business relationships with a lot of these companies and people. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I definitely look at, you know, what, what type of project is it? What's the content? How long is it going to take? And... Am I getting paid or not? Free is good. Free is good. It's always great to help somebody out. It's always great to build your resume. It's always great uh, to gain that experience. Uh, but getting paid is also great, too. So <laughs> I, I love it both ways. That's great to hear. I actually, when I first got my... I actually got a voiceover part. Uh, it was two years ago, and it was over Facebook posting. Uh, I would have done it for free, but I found out later on it ended up leading to being paid, so I was fine with that and traveled all the way down to Canoga Park. Uh, I got to do a voice of an announcer, so that was really exciting. Yeah, it's it's called Star Racer, and I just, I just want to talk a little bit of myself. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Tyler, but for, for, oh, for voice acting... It's with with the mindset that I have, I like to mix up voices. So I had a gravelly voice, and then I had you know Sunday, 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 and I mixed them up together for the announcer voice that said, "Welcome to Space Track Adrenaline Racing, only on TBTA for the first time in the history of human beings. We have Daisy and her ship, the Red Snap Dragon." That, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I just wanted to get that out there. I, I did some voice acting. A couple of voice acting. I was, I was just really happy that I got to do the experience. And I really enjoyed every minute of it being, you know, had, being on a microphone. It, it's great. I, I've, I've always wanted to find a way to entertain people. Because this world is full of negativity. And be the person that brings the positivity in the world. Absolutely. Man, you nailed it on the head. Yes. This world... Is just so full of man. I, I don't know, man. My my kids are five and six, and you know already I see how the world is influencing them. And I and again they're young, but it's scary to think, you know, the things that they're going to experience, you know, good or bad, um, because of the way the world is. But you know, at the same time, it's you know we have a voice. I, I believe that the voice is the most powerful thing that we can possess and a voice can change a person's mindset a voice can change um you know a, a career path a voice can change history so with with us you know performing and being voice actors it's more than that it's again learning ally it's it's providing a voice for a book to a child who maybe feels that they can't get the same education as a quote-unquote normal child I mean, there's no such thing as a normal child, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. A person that they feel is normal in a normal, quote-unquote, educational system. So me lending my voice or you or someone else giving that child a chance can show them, wow, I can do it. I enjoy reading. Let me see what, what I can do in life. You know, let me continue to read and expand my knowledge. Um, if you do an audio book and you're reading to your kids, that – you know, listening to, to different voices and listening to that audiobook can really unleash your child's imagination. Maybe they want to do it. Like my kids, you know, they love doing voices and they ask me questions and they see me, you know, in my studio and they ask, you know, they want to do, do get on the microphone. I'm expanding their mindsets and what they can do. Um, so, you know, the, the voice is powerful. It can, it can change the world. And I think more people in this world need to use their voice for good. Um, there's definitely more good in this world than evil. I truly, truly, truly believe that. If someone's mean to you, there's 18,000 people who are going to be nice to you. If someone says, no, you're not good, there's going to be a million people that say, yes, you're amazing. So, um, you know, we all need to use our God-given gifts to do what God has given us to do, and that is to change the world. We all have that capability. We all have that, um, you know, way to do it. We just need to, to unleash unleash our talent. That's what we need to do. Absolutely. So since you're in the Orlando area, is there any uh, underrated, because I've been trying to find a way to travel a little bit more. I realize I've been mostly been around Cali a little bit too long. So, is there any underrated destinations that you think people should look in Orlando? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, of course, yeah, we have Disney, Universal, and SeaWorld, which are the big parks. But me and my family, we love the outdoors. So, we go to uh, the springs. And it's, I mean, water you can see right down to the bottom. Uh, beautiful springs, natural springs uh, that we have. Uh, we have manatees. We have alligator gar. We do have alligators, so <laughs> pretty big ones. Um, but just just the nature of the springs, um, just the beautiful wildlife we have, um, the Everglades. I mean, that's something that if you're a nature lover, you will absolutely love. Um, 
you know, the outdoor activities that we provide here and the beaches. I mean, the, the beaches, uh, since I'm in Orlando, I'm 45 minutes either east coast or west coast from the beach and that's where we love to go almost every every weekend during the summer we go down to the beach so uh you know that that's definitely our favorite spot um and the food too you know we have a little bit of everything down here mexican italian chinese uh you know american uh, food trucks seafood whatever so there's a lot to offer in orlando uh, besides the big parks uh just simple things to get away man we have it all all right. Is there any recent projects that if you can talk about uh, that you've been working on? Or uh, yes, yes, I just finished a audiobook called "How to Catch a Unicorn," which is on Audible right now. Um, I provided the voice of the unicorn and some of the other characters in the book, uh, so that was a pretty fun project to work on. I've just um, completed another audiobook that will be on Audible, I believe. Um, I'm working on some uh, video game content, uh, working on some voices while be uh, the villain, the villainous characters. Um, it's uh, two companies overseas in Europe uh, that we're, we're working on. And I'm really just doing, you know, corporate training videos, uh, uh, commercials, um, uh, promotional events, uh, radio events, things like that. So really, I, I dab in a lot of things. Um, but I definitely have some pretty big opportunities coming up that I can't really speak too much of. But uh, I I understand that you know you know it's it's uh, it's big time. So uh, yeah. that's a good thing. You know, you wake up, you check your email, and I believe all projects are big projects. Um, so you know, I, I enjoy doing all of them, and I and I put in all the same passion and enthusiasm and effort uh, for for everything I do. So. Um, but yeah, big things are in the future, man. I'm really excited. 2019 is going to be the year of all years. That's great to hear. And thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule. I really do appreciate Tyler Jackson Price. Uh, we should definitely do this more. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for being on my podcast of Be Rolling Over. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Nathan. I greatly appreciate you having me as a guest. I enjoyed my time. Um, anyone listening, if you guys want to check me out on LinkedIn, it's Tyler Jackson Price, voice actor. If you want to catch me on SoundCloud, it's TJP Voiceman. So definitely check me out. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Say hi. What's up? If you want to work together, let me know. Um, but again, Nathan, thank you so much, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much, Tyler, and I'll make sure to send you one of those screen-printed industry horror shirts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thank you. <laughs> okay, and there you have it, Tyler Jackson Price. Great guy. Wonderful person. You never know what happens for Be Rolling Over. Be Rolling Over. As I'm Nathan, saying so long until next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And please check out Industry Horror. Industry Horror is a non-profit. They hire people on the autism spectrum and people with special needs. Uh, hire people on the autism spectrum and special needs. They have uniquely screen-printed design shirts, sweaters, tank tops, Hand-knitted beanies, hoodies, buttons, 
And soon, well, there will even be designed belts for industry horror. And also check out the interesting accessories at the Industry Horror Boutique Store, which is off of 518 East Main Street in Ventura, California. And also, please do check out my other episodes of B-Rolling Over, especially in Star Wars The Last Poor Guy. That's a very popular one. And a lot of... I do the best I can to make quality content and doing the best I can to also get guests. I am really excited for the future of B-Rolling Over. And also another podcast I'll, I'll be working on is the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. And I'm looking forward to eventually having the first episode up. Uh, hopefully by... Hopefully around mid-April at least. But I'm really excited that I finally got a guest on the show. Actually, you could say I got three guests all on one show. Now I know how it feels to sort of be Jim Rome when he does this podcast. Man, it's such an exciting feeling. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I do appreciate it. So I just want to put it out there. I wish for success for no matter who is president. I wish for success for I know for people that are leaders that will make our country improve and better, not just education-wise, but also making sure the little details that get missed, for example, especially people that are special special needs and on the autism spectrum, make sure that they find a way to have employment for them and also find a way to have affordable housing that way... It doesn't end up that people have to end up having to move out of their own homes that they, especially some that have grew up at. So I wish for success. I wish the best of luck for Donald Trump with his with his remaining presidency. Hopefully he improves on. And I agree with everyone else that sometimes he just needs to watch what he says.